Welcome to the Wisdom in Christ podcast. My name is Brian Boy, and it's such a blessing and an honor to have you here. As we dive into this message today, we truly hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you and that your life will forever be changed by the words that you hear. If you want to find out more about Wisdom in Christ and our goal to teach people around the world how to have a relationship with Jesus, then please be sure to check out our website posted in the description. Until then, take care. God bless and enjoy the episode. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to come before your throne of grace. And right now, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we come into this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, that you will truly be glorified by all the things that we do, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and for the incredible sacrifice that he's made on the cross, God, because it's through his actions and through his life that we now have the ability to have an amazing relationship with you. And so we thank you for all the things that he's done. And I pray that you continue to use him, Lord, to inspire us all in everything that we do to follow you more and to know you in a deeper way. I pray that, Father, everyone that is on this line, that you will continue to touch their hearts, touch their minds, and that you will free them, Lord, through the power of your son to be rid of all grief, all depression, and everything, Lord, that they are holding on to that you desire to set them free from. And so, Father, I thank you. I praise you. I know that it is already done, and I pray that even as we go through today, that you will touch my heart, that you will touch my mind and my spirit, and that you will allow me, Lord, to share the words with them that will forever change their life and allow them to get to the path that you desire for them to get to in your son. And it is in his name that we pray all of these things. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday here at Wisdom in Christ. We welcome you once again to another service. And today we're going to be talking about grief and depression. And everyone, I think that, you know, looking back and just thinking about what today represents and just the life of Jesus and the things that he's done, like there's really no better way to, I guess, summarize or simplify that than through the topic today of grief and depression, because from the beginning of time and even today, you know, people have always dealt with grief. They've dealt with anxiety. They've dealt with depression. They've dealt with feelings that, that bring them down and burden them to the point to where they don't longer want to continue living. But that's what Jesus, you know, in a sense, came here to solve. That was one of the big issues because although he shed his blood on the cross for our sins and he has redeemed humanity, you know, he also came to set us free from the things that will hold us back from experiencing this incredible life and relationship that we can have with him. And grief and depression is one of those things. And honestly, y'all, you know, as we go through the phase of life, that is one of the hardest things to deal with because sometimes we're hurt by our losses and the things that has happened in our lives to where we don't think there's a opportunity for freedom for us. We don't think that, you know, we could truly be set free and released from the feelings that we have. But the reality of it is that, you know, God doesn't want us to be in that place and he won't leave us in that place at all. And he will help us heal from our situations if we're faithful and we're dedicated to moving forward with him and all of the things that we're doing. This is truly everyone, you know, his desire for us. And it is truly one of the reasons why he sent Jesus here. And it is by, you know, going through the sermon today and going through these three simple steps that 
that you'll learn how to truly experience that freedom in a beautiful way. And truly, once again, embrace the relationship that Jesus wants to have with you and the freedom that he so desires to give to all of those who come to him. And the first step to doing this, everyone, is going to be able to separate yourself from the situation. And the backing verse and chapter we're going to be using today is going to be 1 Samuel chapter 15. This is the story of King Saul and the things that he's doing. And so at this particular point, you know, Saul has been anointed as a king of Israel. And although he's had, you know, a few ups and downs in his success, you know, as king, there are many things that, you know, he kind of collapsed or things that he just didn't do right in the sight of God. And at this point, you know, he's finally crossed the line. He's finally did one too many things that he wasn't supposed to do as king. And now God has rejected him and he's going to find another king. And we pick up on that story in first Samuel chapter 15, verses 10 through 11. And here we cover the prophet Samuel, which is the one that God speaks through and to get things done. And essentially Samuel is going to be the one to go to Saul and essentially fire him from being a king. All right. To let him know the news of what the Lord has passed down and the things that is going to happen in the future regarding Israel and, you know, the war and stuff that they're going through. And here we pick up in verse 10, where it says, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. It says here that Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that night. And going all the way down to verse 35, it says that until the day Samuel died, he did not go out to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord regretted that he made Saul king over Israel. And as I mentioned before, everyone you know, in this particular step or this particular point, you know, Saul hasn't been the most faithful king at all. All right. As a matter of fact, he's done a lot of things that has essentially rubbed the Lord the wrong way and has put Israel in a bad state in the war and the things that they're going through. And as a result of this, you know, the Lord regrets the fact that he made Saul king. You know, he feels sorry that he's giving him this power and this leadership to lead his people to, you know, not only victory, but to follow him. And he hasn't been able to fulfill that. And so being in this place of leadership where he's ruling over millions of people, God decides to go now and find a new king. And he passes that message along to Samuel, the prophet, which was, you know, more or less like a father figure slash mentor to Saul. And so upon hearing this message, Saul is angry because not only is, you know, Israel in the worst place because they're in the middle of the war and they have the potential to lose their king, but also, you know, he's angry over the fact that this man that he saw become the king, the man that, he you know, he's given wisdom and advice to along this road, the man that he spoke to about the things of God and the things that God desired him to do, now no longer has the ability to see the full blessings of God as a king. He no longer has the ability to have a lineage through him. He no longer has the ability to truly lead God's people and experience, you know, the grace and the mercy and the, the power that comes with, you know, being in such a high position. And now, you know, he's also angry and he sympathizes with God and the stuff that he's kind of going through because God feels sorry that he put him in that place. And now Samuel hard pours out and he empathizes with God over the situation. And I think that 
when you look at this situation, you know, it kind of exemplifies the grief that we have in our lives because there are many things and expectations that we have for people that may not be fulfilled by them. And it's in that place that we may grieve over, you know, that situation or even if it's a place where we end up losing that person as a whole. And that's not always in the physical sense. We may not, the person may not pass away in any way, but that basically may be somebody that we've had like a falling out with. They may have had like a breakup in our relationship. We may have had an argument that we haven't forgiven each other for, you know, it could be any of those situations, but regardless of the fact, you know, we're in this place where we're grieving over that loss. We're grieving over the actions that have happened or the events that have taken place. And like Sammy, we're in a place where, you know, we have all these feelings and all these expressions, but we may not necessarily know what to do with them. And as I read in verse 35, it says that, you know, Samuel, after he gave the message to Saul, he went up and this that was the last time and conversation that they ever had with each other for the rest of their lives. And so I believe that when you look at that, you know, even in the midst of that, while people may make the argument that that may be the worst thing to do to not necessarily have anything to do with people, I think that, you know, in this particular space and even in this context in the story of Samuel, that that is oftentimes one of the best things for you to do because you're able to kind of remove yourself from the situation. You're able to be in a place where you're able to truly reflect and look on it and truly embrace all of the things to come. And I can tell you that for me on a personal level, that's something that has has truly influenced me in my life because there were times even in my life and my personal relationships where I had to separate myself in order to get over this phase of grief. And so for me, you know, a while back, you know, I had ended up dating like a woman that I knew for several years and before doing all of those things and, you know, going through a phase of like dating and relationships and stuff, you know, we kind of laid out our cars on the table. We talked about, you know, the things that we wanted, the things that we desire and where we wanted the relationship to go. And so me, as a lot of you know, I've always been like marriage minded. Marriage is something that I've always desired and something I've always wanted, even since I was young, you know, lay all of that stuff out on the table table at the very beginning and long story short you know we went through our phase we dated for a little while and we eventually got to the point where you know she told me that this wasn't how she felt she didn't see a marriage coming out of that and so as you can imagine you know your boy was kind of hurt your boy was kind of shook because it's like dang like you know in my eyes it's like i failed in another relationship you know the things that I said I want the things I desire. You know, I tried my best and I tried my hardest to, you know, ensure that our relationship was healthy. We were doing the things that, you know, we were supposed to do and the Lord wanted us to do and it didn't work out. And I think that for me, one of those things that I had to do, it was a hard impact on me because I knew that at that point, you know, our relationship could never be the same. We could never go back from being as close as we were in a relationship to being simply friends because there was just so much stuff there. And for me, I believe the best thing for me to do in that situation was to separate and to truly be in a place where I could just be with God. I kind of talk with him and kind of process those things. And I think that, you know, when we're in situations of life, whether that is relational or anywhere else, 
once again, the best thing for us to do in the phase of grief and the first step is to simply just separate ourselves from the situation because one thing that we don't want to do and the one thing that I didn't want to do in that phase was being a place to where I let my hurt and let my pain over that situation, you know, bleed into our, you know, the connection and stuff that we had and end up, you know, being overbearing or being saying things that I didn't want to say or regret or whatever. And I think that, you know, ultimately, that's something that we all kind of have to deal with. And I think more or less, even going back to Samuel's story, looking at that, it was kind of in the same situation because Samuel here is clearly angry at Saul. He's clearly angry over the fact that, you know, he no longer has the ability to, you know, be the king of Israel, to be the leader. And instead of kind of staying in that situation and seeing Saul in that state and wanting to say stuff, he decides to separate himself completely. And honestly, everyone, you know, it's in this moment once again that, you know, in Saul's situation or even in mind that we're able to truly come close to God in prayer and simply express the thoughts and emotions and the things that we feel. And I think that even looking back on the life of Jesus, there are several times where, you know, he goes through particularly hard moments in his life that he begins to separate himself from everyone else. And I think that, you know, the best example of that was in the story of John the Baptist, because after John the Baptist was was killed or after he was taken out, you know, by Herod, you know, the disciples came to Jesus and told him what happened. And he decided to, you know, travel on the other side of the sea to get some time to itself to kind of reflect and think and pray and things of that nature. And I think even that phase is kind of beautiful because we don't oftentimes think about how Jesus felt as a man. Of course, he was God fully, but he was also a man with his own feelings and expressions and things of that nature. And although you know, it doesn't talk about John extensively in the New Testament outside of the way that he was baptizing people. That was still Jesus cousin, like his earthly cousin. And this is someone that, you know, he loved and someone that was close to him that he just lost. And so instead of kind of being in a situation, he decided to kind of get away and I guess probably grieve and reflect and do all of those things. And I guess even with that, you know, this simple principle of separation is, although some people I know would probably say that it probably isn't the best thing to do. You should probably work the situation out. I do believe in situations like this that are just hard, tremendously emotionally. You know, you should move and separate yourself so that you're in a place to reflect and think once again. But with that being said, I guess to sum up this point, everyone, if you're going through a situation, once again, whether that's a heartbreak, whether that's, you know, something in your relationship, maybe you had a massive argument, maybe you've had in a place where, you know, you were on a job or something that someone like passed you over for a promotion or, you know, just some of the petty stuff that happens, like as we're climbing our careers and businesses and corporate ladders and things of that nature, you know, you should really take the time instead of sitting in the situation and trying to deal with it head on you should probably separate yourself for a little moment to just simply reflect and think about the things that are going on. And here, I'm not telling you to, you know, take two, three months away to, to go and do this thing. But I'm simply saying is that you should try to get space to yourself. You should go to like a quiet place, like a park or Riverside or something somewhere and just take the time to reflect and talk to the Lord. And if you have to
have to do that for about a week or so, you know, go ahead and do that. But you have to be in a place where you're able to truly hear from him and process your emotions. And that is actually the second step here to overcoming grief, because after you put got into a place where you're now separated, where you're kind of by yourself, you had a moment to reflect. You have to go through the emotions and the process that comes And here. The back and verse that I want to use is going to be first Samuel chapter 15, verse 35. And it says here that until the day Samuel died, he did not go and see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him and the Lord regretted that he made Saul king over Israel. And as you can see here, once again, everyone, although Samuel never makes the decision to go see Saul again, although they never, you know, are in each other's physical presence for the rest of their lives, he still continues to mourn for him. He goes through the anger that he felt of Saul, you know, not being the king that he was supposed to be. He goes through even feeling the, the regret that the Lord has for appointing Saul as the king in the first place, which didn't fulfill his role and leading Israel. And you also get to see him empathize with just regret as a whole of being this man that saw this person that kind of raised him up. That was kind of a father figure to him once again, to see him go to a place of where now he's failing and he's not going to receive the many blessings and things that God has. And I think that you know, this phase in life and in grieving was important for Samuel because it allowed him to truly feel everything that was going on. He didn't sit down. He didn't repress those feelings. He didn't go on and act like, you know, this phase wasn't affecting him, but he truly took the time and the moment and the opportunity to just go through that stuff and feel it. And I think that when you release those feelings out like that and in that way, then it truly allows you to you know, be open and willing to embrace the new things that are going to happen to you in your life. And I think that for me, that was one of the hardest things that I had to deal with, because as I said before, you know, after going through that breakup, after feeling like, you know, I failed and feeling like, you know, I was never going to have marriage or any of those other things. Like that was something that I had to end up going through. I had to go through all of those emotions. I had to express you know, all of those feelings to God. And I gave all of that stuff to him because everyone, you know, me on a personal level, I'm always a person that believes that, you know, something goes wrong. Then at some point in time, it had to be my fault. And I know that, you know, that's a lot of pressure and that's something that I've started to grow over. But at that particular time, I took that personally, particularly when it comes to, you know, other people as a whole, because I know, know that although we have, we're re all responsible for our own emotions. I also have, you know, the asset and the mindset to believe that, you know, our thoughts, our expressions and our actions affect other people. And so for me, you know, in that particular phase, I had to actually come to terms with all of those things that sometimes things don't work out simply because they're not meant to work out. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's my fault or the fault of someone else, but it's just a reality that, you know, we just have to face. And so for me, you know, I gave all of those feelings to God, you know, I gave up, you know, the pain and the sorrow I felt. I gave up once again, the the doubts and the insecurities that, you know, I could actually have a marriage that I could actually be someone that could have a sustainable relationship, something that would truly last and something that would be open in that. Honestly, everyone that I was deserving of having someone at all, because for the longest time in my life, I grew up you know, in, in my childhood and things, I didn't always believe that I was worthy of, you know, having friends or having close connections and things of that nature. You know, as I talked about, you know, several sermons or messages ago, I was someone that was always bullied and picked on as a child. You know, I've had so many 
things that I thought was wrong with me that I didn't think I was deserving of, you know, truly having those connections once again. But ultimately, everyone, you know, walking through those phases of life, God began to show me that I was able, that I was ready, that I could have, you know, long lasting relationships and friendships and things of that nature. But it's in that phase specifically that it came full circle because I had to not only deal with the hurt and all of that breakup, but I had to deal with all of the stuff that I went through coming up. Like I had to literally go through all of the childhood trauma, I had to go through all of this stuff with my family. I had to relive all of those situations, even to the point of the stuff that I dealt with in ministry in order to truly heal and be set free from those situations. And I think that, you know, once again, everyone going through that phase, it really taught me how to really experience grief and really go through it. And I think that at the end of it, you know, it's such a beautiful journey that you find the freedom in things that you're always searching for, but it's only after going through, you know, those emotions that you're able to feel that way. And so ultimately everyone, I guess what I'm saying here is that the second step to overcoming grief is essentially just surrender your emotions to God, you know, talk to him and tell him about everything that you're going through. Tell him about, you know, if you feel angry, tell him about your sadness, tell him about your pain and your hurt, tell him why you feel the way that you feel. And when you do those things, then you'll truly be set free. But it's only until, you know, you get to a point where you do that, that you're able to receive that. And I'm telling you once again, that it's so easy to try to suppress those emotions and act like, you know, life is just fine. But in reality, everyone is going to come back around at some point in time and it's only going to hinder you and keep you from truly experiencing what God has out there for you. Because everyone, you know, life is going to continue moving forward. As the old saying goes, time waits for no man. And if we try to stay in our past, we try to stay in our situations and not, you know, try to go through the things to get free from them, then they're always going to try to hold us back. And we can't be in that place because life goes on, everyone. We have to, you know, come out of that place of grief, come out of that place of doubt and truly embrace all of the things that God has for us. But it's only after going through those emotions that we're even put in a place to where we can receive them. And that brings me ultimately to the last point of overcoming grief. And that's to simply move forward with God, regardless of the situation that you're in. And the back and verse I want to use for this is going to be first Samuel chapter 16, verse one, which is right after the verse that we read before. And it says here that the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your whole horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And here in this particular passage, we see that after the Lord has given Samuel the opportunity to grieve, you know, he calls him to go out and anoint a new king. And I think that in here, you know, despite the many feelings that he has, that Samuel needs this task, like he needs this ability because you know, despite the those stuff that's happened with Saul, you know, life still has to go on. Israel is in the midst of one of the greatest wars that it's faced for centuries. And now, you know, they need a king that's led by God in order to, you know, take them to victory and to help them overcome the situation that they're facing. And so here, you know, Samuel gathers his strength, you know, through his conversation with God and he goes out and he anoints the future king of Israel, which happens to be David, you know, and for those who have been watching for a while, you know, David is no stranger to wisdom in Christ at all. And he is truly one of the greatest kings, not only in the Bible, but in history. And a lot of that stuff came from, you know, the early relationship that he had with God. But 
before that, before David became the king, he met a man named Samuel, which was going through the process of grieving. And it just shows that even through that particular example or situation that, you know, our lives are far bigger than ourselves. And even when it comes to the context of grief, there's still so much that we have to do, even if we're going through this state. And so everyone, you know, in this particular point, you know, you have to truly find freedom with the Lord in order to you know, do these things, you have to move forward with him. And that's ultimately how you get out of the phase of grief. Because once again, I mean, you could sit down, of course, you have to go through the emotions, but at some point in time, you're going to have to get back up and you're going to have to go into the next phase of your life. And ultimately, it's the same way what I was talking about last week about healing and letting go from the past. You kind of have to sit with those emotions. You have to talk to the Lord. You express them. You give them to him. And then you move forward because the reality about it is that we can't change the stuff that's happening. And we can only continue to get up and go into the future that he has for us. And that's how we truly embrace it. And I can tell you that even during that phase of my life where I was going through that grieving process because I went through it for a couple of weeks, the Lord gave me the opportunity, you know, to reflect on my life and my relationships and my failures and my insecurities and the things I didn't think I had and all of those other things. And then he was like, hey, Brian, you know, like I've given you this time, but you still have work to do. You still have a life to live. There's still people out there that you have to reach. There's still things out there that you have to do. And it is by doing these things that you're going to find the freedom that you're searching for, that you're going to find the healing that you need. And I think that, you know, for me, that was one of the things that kept me going because I continued to start working on my ministry. I continued to work on, you know, wisdom in Christ and a lot of the stuff that I was doing. And it was during that phase that I've learned some of the greatest lessons of my life. And I gotten closer, not only to the people God desired me to serve, but also to my family in ways that I could have never imagined prior to going through that phase of grief. And I'm telling you, everyone, like when you go through and you look at, you know, your life and God and you're going through those hard phases of life, you need something like that. You need something, um, you know, I guess essentially to live for. Right. You need something that you to go after. You need something to to strive towards. And as you're striving towards those things and you're acknowledging and you're expressing your emotions as they come up, you know, God is able to truly free you out of the situation that you're in. And for me, you know, that was one of the things that happened and it was in embracing other people. And once again, being close to my family that I did realize that, you know, that I was deserving of great relationships, that I was deserving of amazing things. And it was only in that phase where I was able to truly be free and release myself from this, the shame and the guilt of my past relationships, the things that I wish I could have did, things that I desired to do but didn't. And just simply just, you know, letting go of the burden of thinking that, you know, all of it was on me. In reality, you know, relationship takes two people to work out. And I think that for me, that was truly freeing and it allowed me to truly open up and embrace, you know, the opportunity to have other relationships and things of that nature. And even in my ministry, you know, at some point in time, I had opened up, you know, 6 a.m. Bible study every morning, like back in October. And it was during that phase of life where I was able to truly open up the people in ways that I could have never opened up prior to me going through that phase of grief. And I've been able to create lasting relationships that last a lifetime. And your boy also found some. Somebody too, but that is truly a conversation for another day. 
But everyone, I guess what I'm saying here ultimately is that, you know, the final step to truly overcoming grief and the things that we're doing is we just have to continue moving forward and serving God. And it is in that phase of servitude It's in that phase of, you know, doing the stuff that he's called us to do that we're able to truly heal from the grief and stuff that we're going through. And we're able to live our lives and embrace all of the incredible things that he has for us. And so in conclusion, ultimately, everyone you know, the way that you overcome grief is in three simple ways. The first of which is that you have to separate yourself from the situation. So once again, whether you're going through a bad relationship or a breakup, or if you're in a place where you're in your career and they just doing you wrong, they pass you up for promotions and things of that nature, or just anything else in between. Sometimes it's best for you to separate yourself from the situation, because as long as you stay in it, you're going to have a limited perspective of what's going on. And you're simply going to be drawn to feel the same way that you're feeling right now. So just like Samuel in the situation with Saul, just like me and my relationship, you know, that had that broke up or whatever, I had to separate myself. He had to separate himself and I believe that when you're going through this phase, you should separate yourself as well. You know, get off to a quiet place, talk to the Lord, pray, you know, process your emotions and simply just and go through the things that you go through. And that's actually the second part of this is that you have to embrace the emotions that come, right? Like you have to sit down and really talk to God about how you feel and why you feel the way you feel. Now, if you have to tell that not to him verbally, if you have to write that down, if you have to, you know, use poems and stuff to convey your meaning or your feelings, then do that. But regardless of what you do, talk and express those feelings to God. Tell him exactly why you feel the way that you feel and truly feel those feelings, like embrace that stuff. Do not suppress the feelings that you have inside of you because the more you suppress those things, the more they're going to rise up in the future in ways that you cannot imagine. And I promise you, I promise you that it will happen if you do that. So please process those emotions, go through them, feel the way that you feel, because it's in that feeling that you're going to ultimately find the freedom that you're searching for. And then lastly, but not least, please go and move forward with the Lord, because the Lord is going to give you the time. He's going to give you the opportunity. He's going to give you the space to pour out your heart to him and tell you, tell him how you feel and the things that you're going through. But then at some point in time, he's going to lead you to try something new. He's going to lead you to go out and continue doing the work that you were doing before. He's going to, you know, put that fire in you to go after your dreams, your aspirations and the stuff that you were doing. And it's in that phase where you continue moving forward that you truly experience the healing because as you're moving, He's going to do that like pouring in. He's going to send people. He's going to send opportunities. He's going to send things that are truly going to show you that you are worthy, that you are deserving, that you are loved and that you're able to get through the situation. And you have to embrace all of those things in order to truly have the freedom that you desire, everyone. And essentially, that's how you know, you overcome grief. That's how you overcome depression. Although, you know, once again, it sounds like very, very simple. Like it really is a process and it's something that you have to do day by day. You have to take it a day at a time. And as I said before, you just have to be willing to go through the emotions because you're going to have up days. You're going to have days where you're down. You're going to have days where you're depressed. You're going to have days where you're stressed. You're going to have days where you're happy. But regardless of, you know, the phases and the push and the shoves, as long as you do those three steps, everyone you're gonna be in a place where you're able to overcome everything that you face but with that being said everyone 
more or less that's pretty much it that's all i have for you today that is the topic you know overcoming grief and depression and it is by following those three steps that you're able to overcome anything so please if you love the video please be sure to like and share this on whatever platform you're listening on subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already and just be sure to come back and watch this whenever you're going through a phase of grief or depression and then of course as always this would be a wisdom in christ video this would be a sunday service if i didn't welcome you to join our online community so please be sure to check out our online community in the description wisdominchrist.com slash community this is a place where you not only get inspiration from from me and so many other people but you're able to truly connect with a community of believers that are on the same journey as you people who have went through you know grief and depression people who have, have had trouble in their past and deal with everyday challenges but they're still moving forward they're still trusting that god is able to do the impossible and that through him all things can truly be accomplished you know these are people that you want to surround yourself with and these are people that you want to be around because they will strengthen your faith and get you to places that you could have never imagined i can tell you just being there on a personal level has inspired me in so many ways met so many amazing people that inspire me each and every day to continue you know learning and growing in god so that i'm able to pour things into them so that they can be everything that he calls them to be so if you're definitely interested please check out the community once again by going to wisdominchrist.com slash community and just stay tuned here on the channel for all the amazing things that we have to come because this series is still running mastering the cycles of life and i'm so excited to continue going through this and to help you understand how to overcome the different phases of life that you're in because there's a time and a season for everything in the words of king solomon but god has given us the power through his word and through his character on how to overcome them all so anyway everyone take care be blessed enjoy your sunday and continue to be the amazing people that god is calling you to become peace <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode today. If this message has been a blessing to you, we pray that you will leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform and that you will share this with a friend who may be in need of it. Until next time, take care. God bless. And we pray that we will see you all very, very soon.